Snask drunk, drunk bitches. Once again, everyone, welcome back to episode 58 of the Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, we're the two goons that run the show. You know, I'm Trav. I do Nest Friend. That's Alex. He's Nest Drunk. And Alex, man, what a show we have coming up today. I'm already excited about it. Normally, we wait until we do our intro to get excited and talk up the guests, but it was (laughs) such a good show. And it's out of nowhere. Yeah, it was a great show. Uh, Stuttering Craig is coming up um, later on. He's great. Great guest, great interview. If you don't know who Stuttering Craig is, uh, you're probably not old guys like me and Trav, mm. and like Craig for that matter. Uh, <laughs> he is one of the original Screw Attack guys going all the way back to ye olden days of YouTube. Uh, back in like 2006, 2007, he started Screw Attack with Handsome Tom. They did stuff like uh, Clip of the Week and Side Scrollers and Top 10 Lists. And I probably left uh, snarky comments under those videos way back in the day, way before I was Snest Drunk, to, you know, making, well, actually, remarks about their their picks for Super Nintendo games, like the best or the hardest or whatever. But it was a th- it was really a genuine, like, thrill to talk to the guy because he's such a personable fellow and just a, a good dude. Yeah. So uh, we really hope you stick around and listen to him and uh, Trav and myself talk because it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. We hope you stick through the next, I don't know, 30 minutes of horse shit to, to get <laughs> to get to Craig. That is not what I meant. <laughs> but but it's true, right? It's true. But I guess so. But uh, uh, speaking of true, or speaking of horse length, so you, we have no Nest Friend yeah. video this week. Yeah, my hopper's getting low, and my time to make more hopper fodder is is low. <laughs> Super fodder. So uh, we'll, we're going to have one next week. We'll have one the week after. We might even have the one after that. But uh, I'm going to, and, and maybe I'll I'll parse those out. I'm not sure, but there's going to be a huge slowdown because I'm I'm hitting critical mass with the amount of time I have to devote to things. So I just need to hit a refresh. You know, take a little vacay. And uh, I want to be able to come back, mm. hit it hard right for, I mean, we're a couple months out, but I love, I love October and uh, I've, I've had my heart set on playing some of the, you know, there's really no scary game on the NES, but there's some horror themed games on the NES and I like to run through those. So um, I want to hit that hard and, and kind of make that my resurgence. So for the next, I don't know, few weeks, it might be a little lighter than normal, but rest assured my heart's still in it and uh, I have other projects I'm cooking on. I got... I got Polykill and the Collection Showcases and Drunk Friend and Tales of the Lesser Medium. So I got all these other things we're trying to balance in now, which will come up later. I'm, I'm also doing an improv thing one night a week. So uh, just a lot of moving moving pieces. So Nest Friend's still a priority, but it might take uh, some more breathers here and there than it has in the past. You know, for Nest Friend, I'd love it if you covered uh, Sweet Home, the uh, mm. Super Famicom. I was going to say the, the Kid Rock cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would that would be fantastic for October, since you said you, you there are no scary games. That was the first place my my mind went to. Sure, yeah, that's a good um, point. That would be that would be a lot of fun uh, to get your take on that. But yeah, no stuff happens. How long have you been doing Nest Friend at this point? I I don't know off the top of my head. 
Yeah, honestly, you have a record of when it started because there's a there's a message in your uh, Patreon inbox from when uh, I first asked you to to look at them before I posted them when I didn't know oh. you. Yeah, so that was in uh, November or December of 2018. 2018. Okay, yeah. so you're coming up on two years. Three. I mean, you're you're at a year and a half, oh, over a year and a half no, now. Th- that almost is... three years. Almost two, two, 2018, all of 2019. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, my math sucks. Yeah, not I, great. Yeah, n- numbers make no sense. Um, <laughs> twenty twenty, you erased twenty twenty from existence like anybody else. <laughs> yeah, it's understandable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wish, but um, yeah, it's uh. Point is, though, is that uh, you've been at this for a while now, and you've been pretty regular about uh, yeah putting out stuff on Wednesdays. So you deserve a break. Uh, don't be shy about taking a break. I've taken a break from Thursday videos because it's just two videos a week for me just uh, was getting to be overload. I don't know how you did it for as long as you did, to be quite honest. <laughs> uh, once you get a formula down, you start cranking those out like uh, like uh, the sausage factory. You know what I mean? Like like a meat, through a meat grinder. Basically. I guess. I mean, do you ever look back on your own catalog and, and, and you're kind of impressed by the body of work there just because there's so many hours of content and videos there and you times that by the amount of time it took you to put it together? I mean, it's got to be pretty astounding. The only time that happens is when someone else points it out to me like you just did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't sit around like by myself like, sure. wow, look at all that. But when, when, you, when you mention it, and there are some people on Twitter that, that mention it, they bump my thread uh that i have pinned on twitter uh of like hey i post a video such and such there's over 700 now uh check them out and i'm like jesus like there's 700 of these like how did this happen like i can still remember working a crappy temp job right before i moved to uh new mexico back in 2013 like scribbling my notes about illusion of gaia on a on a legal pad I can still like picture myself doing that in my head, like scribbling down at my at that temp job because I was so fucking bored. Just like I, I I was just finished playing for like an hour that morning and I got to work and then I like scribbled down my thoughts and it was like vampires, child labor. And I had like the weirdest notes ever because that game is the weirdest game ever. Right. <laughs> Zombies, uh, uh, talking flute, uh, you Why know, not? all this other, other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I still remember that. Like, it was just, you know, a couple years ago. And it's like, oh, by the way, that was eight years ago. Good God. Um, yeah, time flies. And, but that's the thing, though. Thing I, I don't think I've ever talked about or brought up. I remember on um, Sports Illustrated for some reason. I, I used to be subscribed to Sports Illustrated years ago. They sent me some sort of survey as a former subscriber. What would make you, uh, you know, be a bigger part of our website? Blah blah blah. And I was like, how about uh, you emphasize the illustrated part of your Sports Illustrated since you guys have billions and billions of pictures taken by professional photographers that are just sitting there like make them available for everyone like that was like my off-the-cuff thought and i remember thinking at that time like man if i could just come up with like something where i've got like a ton of content that would be nice to be able to just like have that there and then just leave it there (laughs) right just like leave it there and have it exist and you know make sure it's useful of course but 
yeah, it's like, what a, what a nice place that would be. And sure enough, like, I think I'm in a good place with that sort of stuff. I feel like it's useful. I feel like it's been useful. Except for that guy that complained about my John Isner comment. Boy, uh, he that does. guy can go to hell. Oof, that guy. Man, <laughs> that was John Isner. I, I don't know if you I, knew that. I'm pretty that. sure that was either John yeah. Isner or John Isner's dad or mom or something. I mean, but that was... Uh, just just to give some context to listeners, um, I I made a very off the cuff John Isner comment about like yeah he's he's got a big serve and that's it uh, that's what this game is like it's got one good thing going for it and that's it and sure enough John Isner does have a great serve it's one of the best serves ever Pete Sampras has a better serve but anyway this guy took such exception to this that we got into some kind of comment war on, on YouTube where he's like shouting barbs at me and all this sort of stuff. And it's just like, dude, we're talking about John Isner. Like, what are we doing with our lives? Like, you ever think of that? And it's like, apparently this guy, no, he doesn't think of that. So oh, man, all sucks within, to be him, I guess, or them. You yeah. Know, whatever. All within a genocide to video yes how that's about the that? most important part of the story thank you for pointing that out hey, how about that genocide segue, though? two <laughs> for for super famicom it was scheduled to be released in north america as just g2 rather than the oh. more tasteful title genocide two <laughs> way, way more tasteful sarcastic. i can almost taste it actually yeah <laughs> obviously but yeah no it's it's a pretty cool game uh just side scrolling slash everything that moves kind of like ninja warriors where it's just 2d uh only you've got only one character here and this game is a lot more kind of dull but it's fine for what it is you know you're a mech you do get the nice visual occasionally of when uh you get regular sized dudes. That's what I love about ne- mech games is when mechs look really huge. Yeah. And then you see like regular guys like running across like helplessly and they just get smashed. Uh, Cybernator does that really well. Right. Metal Warriors does too. But um, yeah, it's one of those games where it's just, you know, a mech game where you just smash everything until the game's over. So yeah. Gotta love that, man. And you have a, you have a robot named Betty helping you out? Oh, yeah. Betty. And yeah, somebody, man. of course, made the uh, the obvious comment of uh, the Black Betty lyrics. Oh, you know, apl- bam, applied to uh, Black Betty, Bambalam, uh, Mech Betty, Bambalam. Oh, you know that whole thing. That was, now that's funny. That's good. You love a good comment like that, though. Come in there I with love, those. I, I love you know 1970s songs that uh, from one hit wonders that uh, yeah that that tickles my fancy for sure. Man, you know, the, that song also will just get my toes tapping the floor. I don't even have to think about it. It's just, that's a toe tapper. But Did you ever see... Uh, <laughs> this is like an old meme. I think it's it's from at least like five or six years ago. <laughs> it was some woman's picture from Facebook, and her name legit was Pam Balam. Oh, yes. <laughs> this, yes. This guy legit... <laughs> <laughs> made the whole song and he put her picture at the Pam lamp. <laughs> it's hysterically uh, fun. It still gets me. It still so makes good. me laugh. Yep, yep. Pam lamp. Pam legend. I mean, they had to know what they were doing, right? Of course. All right, let's get into some emails. We have one from Mike. Mike says, "Hey guys, do you both have a special game that you happen to love that a majority of gamers don't like?" For example, I'm nostalgic for Capcom's Breath of Fire 2 game. I think it could have been one of the best JRPGs ever created if it weren't for its horrendous encounter rate and bad translation. Thanks for reading and keep up the great work. Sincerely, Mike. 
Thanks for the email, Mike. I thought Breath of Fire 2 was... I didn't think it was... Um, ma- I didn't think a majority of people panned it. I thought it was kind of okay, right? No? Am I wrong? Yeah, no, that, that's my third... My first thought is that Breath of Fire 2 was great. Granted, it does have a terrible encounter rate. It does have a terrible translation. It, it also has the annoying thing where you the the annoying jrpg thing where if you wander to the wrong part of the map you wander into the wrong kind of enemies that will Mm. kill you in one hit which is not fun so it's pretty uh, unbalanced uh there aren't barriers there that prevent that from happening which is kind of annoying but breath of fire 2 is pretty freaking good like it's yeah it's it's pretty good uh and it introduced a lot of new things to the JRPG genre that uh, I don't think were around at the time, like the whole town building thing, as limited as it was, it was pretty freaking cool for the time. I didn't realize but, it even um, had that in it. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, what, don't, what, what, don't let your friends bully you, Mike. Yeah, Breath of Fire 2 is fine. And brother, it's fine. Don't don't feel guilty. Uh, wh- I feel like we've been asked this a bunch of times, and my answer is always uh, some stupid sports game. Do you have a different answer to this one? You know, I don't. I was trying to think of what it could be, because I, I think it happens to me all the time where people say, like, oh, that game is trash. And I'm like, I thought it was fine. But I don't know that I love those games. I think I just think they're fine when everybody else hates them. Yeah. I, I don't really have a, a, a strong critical vibe in my body. I'm ve- I'm usually very positive about things. But that said, I think a series that a lot of people gloss over because, and I think I've referenced this like this before, but I think people think Far Cry is like the nickelback of first-person shooters. <laughs> And the Nickelback. What? Yeah, I think you know. Really? It, I think they think it. You know, it tries too hard. It's, it tries to be edgy. Uh, it goes. It, it always hires like an actor and has a good villain, but then like the maybe the story is too crazy or the whole thing falls flat and it's repetitive. And I get all that, but man, do I love them! I love them so much. They might be. It might be my favorite franchise, honestly, which is weird because I don't think it's anybody else's favorite franchise. But I've loved everything that it, you know, uh, Far Cry 5 took it to uh, Montana and people got upset that they weren't in the jungle anymore. But I was like, take me anywhere, man. I like a new environment. So I'm a Far Cry stan. I can remember when Far Cry first came out back in the day. I was still headlong into PC gaming, especially FPS uh, PC gaming. And man, Far Cry was like a huge deal because it was a different environment and it was, you know, all the... it freaking maxed out all the specs on your crappy computer and all that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. i loved it i thought it was awesome and especially the uh multiplayer mode where you know every every game back then i'm sure games now but the games back then especially it was pretty novel to have like uh multiplayer where Mm -hmm. you, you you just put a bunch of guys on a map and try and kill each other like that sort of thing right right that was super fun especially in far cry uh, because the maps were just different. They were just very, very different from everything else out there. But um, I've only played uh, Far Cry 1 and 2. That's weird because I never played those. I started at 3 when they... Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, when they kind of went away from that, I guess, that original formula. and I think I think they might have changed. Man, there was nothing like knife on a guy mm. <laughs> in Far Cry 2. It was freaking awesome. That sounds weird. Yeah, but, but I've enjoyed... Um three and uh you know they they do a lot of the fun ones with uh what is it called there for uh far cry um oh i can't remember but they they did like a whole 80s vibe of it huh 
Oh, they what was pulled it? the GTA and did the whole Vice City vibe. Well, they went total synthwave with it, like absolutely. Ooh. It was called Blood Dragon, Far Cry Three Blood Dragon. So it took Far Cry Three and then just amped up the cyberness and the '80s vision of the future component to it. And it stars a what? Sergeant Rex Colt, and you're in this. <laughs> you're killing all of these dinosaurs with laser eyes. It's nuts, man. You didn't know about this? That no, that sounds like a freaking fan mod or something like that. I mean, it <laughs> basically was, but it was a it was by uh, Ubisoft. <laughs> it was okay, a legit all right. fan mod. Yeah, that does sound awesome. No, I I kind of once I got like took a big deep dive back into Super Nintendo gaming uh, in the mid two thousands. I kind of noped out of uh, of uh, what do you call it uh, PC gaming mm-hmm. at the time. So I just kind of. Stop paying attention. It's it, a lot of stuff felt the same to me. You know, it was either like real time strategy, like Age of Empires, Age of Mythology, Civilization, or your FPS stuff, and it was like okay, or your MMORPG stuff, and it's like oh, that's those are my options. So I'm just gonna go back into Super Nintendo. I had no idea that was a thing though. We we have an 80s Far Cry. Okay, I need to check this out. It's it's pretty short uh, because it is just a little like fan service thing. I think it maybe That's takes cool. five or six hours to run through. It's probably, I don't even know. I would say it's probably cheap to get, but I don't even know if it's easy to get just because of the nature of it. So I would say get your hands on it if you can, but I know you, you mm. don't even think you have an X. Ex- well, it might have come out on some other stuff. Anyway, play it if you can, Alex, is all I'm saying. If it's on Steam, I'll get it. Yeah. Could be. Could very well be. Yeah. So was your answer just, I mean, I, I think a lot of times in dealing with a lot of the gamer crowd, just saying that you like sports games is hard to get through to people. But I, yeah, you know, I like no, it sports games. So your answer is Far Cry. I want to come up with a creative answer, too, because um, I don't want to say sports games again. All right. All right. Let's let me turn around. Turn around. Let there. me let me let what me turn my fat ass around. What you, what you and got see back there? What the hell is going on over here on my SNES? Oh my god! What's that shelf? Is it like a half-eaten chicken sandwich there? What's uh, that? You know what? How about Family Feud for Super Nintendo? No, I don't know. <laughs> what about Family Dog? Now that's a good game. I, <laughs> family, you and your Family Dog. Jeez, <laughs> a freaking game. Um, I. You know what? I, I'm always going to stand sports games. I really am. Mm-hmm. It, it's That's always going to be my answer to this because I really do like old sports games. I will always stand the original Madden on Super Nintendo. The frame rate is horrendous. And, but I, I st- my, my brother and I still mock the sounds in that game where they gave the quarterback of that game like this like weird synth southern accent. <laughs> it's it's bizarre where he he he, sit, he gets behind the center and he's like say it, <laughs> I love that. I have to play that now. That's amazing. <laughs> it's it's pretty funny. He's he clearly sounds like he's from Alabama or something. And it's like I me and my brother still do that when we're playing like football in the backyard and we both. Anytime any of us like needs to hike the ball, we both go say it, <laughs> <laughs> just like that game oh, does. Man. And so, yeah, I'm always going to stand for old shitty Madden games. And my other evergreen answer for this is always going to be Roger Clemens MVP baseball for Game Boy. Uh, 
you had to bring it back up. I, God, I knew it wasn't dead. <laughs> I uh, love that game. It's it's always fun. Um, one of one of my favorite uh, things about that game is it's it's so cheap and stupid. It's like okay, you, you pick the Orioles, and the the guy that's batting third at shortstop is okay. I I actually have to spell this out. Okay, nap. No <laughs> neck. What's happening? Oh, oh, yeah. The the guy that hits third uh, for the Royals, his name is Neckpeer, which is Ripken spelled backwards. And he plays for the Royals, not the Orioles. And, no, the Orioles. Oh, he oh, plays oh. for the Orioles. I'm sorry. Okay. But yeah, and there's lots of instances like that where it's just, it's so dumb and so obvious and... The game replicates the stats of certain players, but they ha- they clearly had no licenses for anything. They just tried to tried their best. They tried their damnedest to get around everything, and it's just so it's kind of cute. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> it's like oh look at them trying to replicate Kirby Puckett over here. Oh how adorable! How adorable! You know they, yeah. they you know what they need to have out there though. They need a slam ball video game now. <laughs> slam ball, That's yeah. What we're talking about. yeah. I wonder if there was a slam ball video game. I don't That's, think so. I don't think like it would think work. Slam ball still exists, so I doubt the video game does. But that could be wrong. By the way, we should explain before we introduce our guest. It dawned on me like we should really explain what what slam ball actually is. But slam ball was basically just it's it's described as a form of basketball played with four trampolines in front of each net with boards around the court edge. Yeah, look up a yeah. picture of it. You'll see. Usually, it's just two two people way too high in the air. It's awesome. And uh, it, it amounts to a lot of dunks. I don't even know if you can shoot. I think you're just supposed to dunk. <laughs> I think if you shoot in slam ball, it's illegal. I like think they, so, You just yeah. get kicked off. I think. I mean, I really do think that that's true. So, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, I don't know. It's like the XFL of basketball, and it looks awesome. By the way, you just sent me the Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. I'm just seeing this now. It looks like Michael Bain. It is. Has, it, it, you, got su- you got Sub-Zero on the left. You got a, a Velociraptor or a Tyrannosaurus Rex on the yep. right. Oh my God! This this looks like it was made by the people who made. Uh, that is Michael Bean, by the way. It is him yeah. for sure. Yeah, he does the voice in the. Um... Oh, that is awesome. Yeah, he, I'm a huge this? fan of his. Yeah. You, well, yeah. Hell yeah. He's Rex Colt. That guy is fantastic. Oh, that's fantastic. I that I, so I absolutely need to get this now. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. To be quite honest with you. Awesome. Yeah. That, even better. I would say I'm selling on a modern game that came out in 2013. So I've, I've done it, folks. I've got him across 2010. We're doing it. We're getting Alex. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If we get, now, we made it to the Obama administration in terms of games, so we've done it. We've made it this far. <laughs> You've done it? We've done it. Uh, am I reading this next one here from the Champion of Burgers? Sure. Read that thing. So Champ of Burgers says, is there a game or franchise that has motivated you to explore Expanded lore, such as books, comics, or web shows. What about fan fiction? Burger Champ. That's a really good question. I'm not the kind of person to get into fictional books. I I read mostly nonfiction. I never really got into comics and stuff like that. And and fan fiction is kind of foreign to me. So just by nature, I don't touch that stuff. But I was thinking like games that I wished I had more of like in the world – and I, I, I think it would be like The Last of Us. I think that I'm, I'm hooked on the story mm. that they gave me there, and I hope they continue it, or I, I would love to follow those characters somewhere else. 
And so that would be one I would point to if it were available uh, that I would probably dig into. I fell in love with that that world and that story. Oh, that's a pretty dark story you fell in love with there. Jeez. I know. I got hooked. Yeah. I don't think there's anything out there that can ever make me re actually sit down and read any fan fiction. I'm sorry to all you fan fiction writers out there. Uh, that being said, I do have fan fiction ideas because <laughs> who doesn't? Uh, it's it's just like fantasy booking and wrestling. Like if you could go back and rebook certain stuff, you know, re- yeah. re- restructure certain stuff. It's it's just too fun not to. But I'm not gonna sit down and freaking write this stuff. Um, if you do, good for you. But I'm not gonna sit down and read it. I'm sorry. As far as uh, I mean, Chrono Trigger is my favorite game of all time. I love the idea of Magus. Spoiler alert here going completely insane looking for his sister Scala. Shala? Shala? I'm not sure how to say her name. I'm pretty sure it's Shala. It's your favorite game ever, though. Stop it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, He's looking for... He's got like a crazy homeless guy beard and his, his, his uh, robe is all in tatters and he looks like hell and he's like just on the top of a mountain in this like torn up uh laboratory like he's trying his magic and he ends up like trying to find you know travel through time without lavos or without the help of chrono and luca and the and the things uh since in the epoch since they took it apart so he he's just you trying to like amplify his magic to travel back in time to try and save her and it turns out all he does is summon more Lavoses or something like that. And he summons like the mother of all Lavoses and comes to the planet Earth and just creates more chaos and that sort of... I think that would be fun. Um, I think that's what the story of Chrono Cross should have been, personally. But there you go. With the same I same think, characters and I all that think sort of you stuff. Have to, I think you do have to write that now. I think you have to write it. No, I'm not <laughs> writing shit. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Other than that... I mean, maybe a uh, fan fiction about the 1995 Mariners that oh my god Here we end go. up beating the uh, Indians in the ALCS and they end up winning the World Series because that 95 Mariners team was so much one of the most fun teams in sports history. Don't at me on that because that is the truth. They had, they had Griffey, they had Edgar Martinez, they had Randy Johnson, they had uh, Mike Blowers at third. They had, I think they had Omar Vizquel at that point at short. They had uh, Alex Cora at second. Tino Martinez before the Yankees at first. Uh, Jay Buhner. Oh, you got it. The Bune. Yeah. Yeah. The Buhner. Uh, the, another like roided up looking guy. Uh, who were there? Other, I, I couldn't name another pitcher on that team. It's probably why they weren't that, all that good. They good, just had Randy yeah. Johnson basically. But, uh, man, oh, man, that team was so much fun to watch. Uh, they should have won that World Series, that 95 World Series. Also, yeah, fan fiction, uh, 94 strike never happens in uh, baseball. And the Expos won the World Series and the Washington Nationals. They never leave Montreal. They stay the Montreal Expos. They keep Larry Walker. Yeah. You know, okay. all that sort of stuff. Now, I, yeah. hate to, I hate to perpetuate this conversation further, but... Um and trust me, I really do hate to, but uh, man, I'm thinking that 94 White Sox team, you know, they were 67 and 46. They were Ooh. first in the Central. Ooh, I don't know. That's my boys. I think uh, that's, uh, you, you know what? I'm thinking back to my baseball cards 
I remember Jason Bure mm. was a hell of a pitcher back then. I remember uh, they still had Blackjack McDowell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They still had the Big Hurt. Yep. They still had Robin Ventura. Oh, they had. Did they have Ray Durham at that point, or was that way later? I think that was way later. Uh, that was a bit later, yeah. But you know, we had we had Tim Raines. You know, we had Julio Franco oh, that year. We had Rock Raines. Wow, yeah. Julio okay. Franco was our DH. I mean, you can't beat that. Julio Franco. Wow, we had the Frank. Yeah, but you know, let's 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 talk about the next hockey. email. Hockey. Okay, sure. No, um, <laughs> just. Kidding. But I was going to say I, I was thinking about I've come across a lot of. In fact, I own two. Missed books from the game Mist, and uh, I just picked. They were at a yard sale. Somebody had them for like twenty five cents, and I was like, "Hey, oh, get- you're talking about Mist, like M Y S T, M I S S E D." Okay. Yep. Right. Yep. 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 Sorry. Yep. You're right. Yeah. So it's like the 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 clicky uh, adventure game. Uh, that's what I call them, clicky adventure games. The um, mm. I came across some books for like a quarter at a yard sale one time. I was like, "Hey, gaming related stuff. I'll just buy that. You know, why not? Because uh, I'm, you know." Uh, the rest of this is just baby clothes and old Tupperware that nobody wants. And I, I found a thing <laughs> I, I liked, so I bought it. And I still have those on my shelf. And I've always been curious, what's in those books? What could you possibly write about with Mist? And they're thick. They're girthy books. So now that Burger Champ has posed this, I'm interested. I might go I might go flip through a few pages and see what's really going on in there. What's going on in those books about Mist? And there's two of them. I have two of them. But anyway. So you, wait a second. You bought them, but you never... Like, even looked at them? I didn't read a word. I was just like, hey, mist-related uh, or video game-related uh, stuff. Let's just hoard it. Have you played mist? Yeah, I've, I've dug around on mist. I've not made it very far. Oh, okay. I'm, I mean, I've right. bumped around the island, flipped some dials, sat in some chairs, solved a couple puzzles, but I didn't figure out what was going on. Yeah, has, has anybody ever? Pretty like, esoteric, <laughs> yeah. I don't understand it. I don't know. I never understand. That's why, uh, if you remember, uh, there was a uh, parody of that game called Pissed, P-Y-S-T. Oh, I didn't know about this. Yeah. My sister got it as a gag gift way back in the day. Well, I'll tell you, it was- Pete Dorr, a uh, f- former guest of, of this podcast, he recently has started, he, he said that, that the adventure series, especially the classic PC adventure series, was a huge blind spot for him. So he's gone through on his streams. He's playing a ton of them. And he's going to be playing Myst soon. And I might sit in for that just to see, because Pete's amazing at games. He'll figure it out. So I just want to see. I would like that too, actually. Yeah. I, um, to, to, to watch some <laughs> someone competent at games <laughs> yeah. to actually get through those, because it, it sure as hell wouldn't be me. Exactly. Uh, that's interesting. I, I did he say when that would be? Uh, I mean, I I don't know. He's working on a few right now that are really oh, strange. Okay. But yeah, he said he'd get it, to it. It's so just I'll let on you know. his list. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll stay tuned for that then. That's uh, that sounds fun because yeah, I <laughs> I am not the target audience for something like Mist for oh, sure. Yeah, so, same here. Yeah. Can I read the next email because it's from Robert? Yeah, Robert. I just want to say Robert, quote unquote, bad at Griffey ring of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Bad at Griffey. He says, number one, congrats to Trav for the improv group thing. And yeah, congrats on your improv group uh, progress. It, It does sound, as Robert says here, it sounds super fun and cool. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, so I, unbeknownst to me well i guess maybe it was kind of announced to me but anyway i was in a tryout i wasn't really i didn't really know about 
Uh, I was invited oh, to like, okay. yeah, I was yeah. I was invited to some rehearsals and I, I kind of hung out and participated and they were like, great, you're in. And I was like, oh, sweet. <laughs> I wasn't real sure if I was just, you know, giving them warm bodies to participate with or if I was really trying <laughs> out. So it uh, turns out I'm in. So I'm in my neighboring city's premier comedy troupe now, which is fun, super fun and uh, intimidating, but fun mostly. So uh, I'm I'm really proud of myself because... I'm not saying it's like a dream come true. I didn't like, I was like, man, I'd really love to be in this comedy troupe since, since I was four years old. <laughs> but um, it's cool to be uh, a part of a performing act. I think that that's something I've always wanted to be a part of. And so now I'm excited. It'll be fun. We'll see what, we'll see what happens. I'm proud of you, man. That's, that's, that's a Thank tough, you. Uh, that's a tough thing. Well, that's a tough thing to do. Listen, this is, if the, anything, this podcast should be inspirational for people. I know it's called Drunk Friend and that's, and the antithesis of <laughs> inspirational, but, uh, I just, I, you know, it's, that's kind of what life, uh, I'm sorry to be all philosophical, but it's just like, get out of your comfort zone, go do something that you wouldn't normally do, you know, something, even if it's something uncomfortable that's, uh, improv i would never do an improv group thing like but now that i've heard that you've done it it's like whoa what if i did you know it's 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 kind of got a contagious contagious effect to it so yes i will say though that that happened a lot of people feel that way and i totally get that it sounds like anxiety 101 is yeah. just being put on the spot but i think you'll impress yourself with what you can come up with and what you can contribute in an improv scene when you don't have the ability to think about it first. And that's what improv is. Yeah. And so I, I find 100% of my anxiety comes from me thinking. And uh, when you remove that piece and you're just doing, it's, it's totally natural. So I think yeah, anybody can do it if you just... Instead of yeah, think about contemplating. It. Yeah. yeah, if you put your mind in, cool. in that frame, you're, you're, you're golden. Not saying that everybody is good enough to do it because what you come up with off the top of your head could just be bad and not funny or not relevant but for the most part you can pull it off i think a lot of people would would impress themselves but anyway carry on with robert's email thank you robert for asking because it was a good opportunity for me to uh share my good news and that i i graduated to the next round so we'll see what happens that's that's pretty freaking awesome not too many people can say that uh, Robert was on number two a long time ago. Sinestrunk asked for what phrases would be on the Sinestrunk bingo card. I recently noticed two more. Yeah, no, and make stuff go boom. That's so perfect, okay, man. So- you say yeah, no all the time. <laughs> okay, so make stuff go boom. I know. I- I've kind of went out of my way to make that a thing because it's just a fun thing to say. Make mm-hmm. stuff go boom. I don't know why I came up with that. It's just dumb. But yeah, no. You do that all what the time. What is that? I don't get what that is. That is something that you often do when you are trying to maybe pick a conversation back up or you're not really sure how to wind it down. I do it a lot too. I end up saying like, <laughs> I'll, I'll say something like, uh, so um, yeah. But yours is a, yeah, no, you know, what I'm talking about here is, but it always <laughs> starts, It's and it's I've picked up on that too. So I think that's perfect. That's a good Alexism. <laughs> It's if that's a solid one. Right? <laughs> wow, there's an Alexism. Okay, yeah, All right. yeah, I, no, I, I it's an Alexism. <laughs> All right, that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, no. Anyway, uh, number three, 
Robert goes on regarding worst box art. Were we talking about that at, yeah. in a past episode? Okay. We he says, of course, as everyone agreed on the last episode, the Master System has by far the worst. Oh, I, this, I remember this now. This was the uh, emailer. For second place, though, I posit that the, <laughs> the N64 had generally bland to terrible box art. Almost everything was just assets from the game posed next to the game title. Because so many of these used N64 style 3D art or assets for their covers, they also have the double suckage of having aged terribly on top of being uncreative. And on top of all of them, the side... I'm sorry. The side is that weird yellow-tinted art with the logo on top. Seriously, try to name two N64 games with not just passable but good box art. Okay, oh, I'll start with man. one. It's WCW Revenge just because it's got Raven in the center of yeah, the box, he, which makes no sense whatsoever and is hilarious. Is a fresh perm in that picture and that... <laughs> That's help. That help puts. That helps puts it over the top. You know, I'm. Yeah, I'm. Oh, I'm gonna come at you, Robert. So you know, I'm of this podcast. Probably the N64 he, apologist. He right? is. He is. Now, this guy is over here. I'm being your hype man over here. Yeah, he is. And I'm gonna say apologist oh, yeah. because I do. I recognize every flaw with N64, and I, I often. Yeah. I look at the N64. I say, plus it's hard. Yeah. You know, I say, bless this thing's hard. But I think there's some good stuff on there. And and Robert, when I. When you when I hear you say this, when you come across you and you, you say these negative things like it's gonna say it. like a bunch of double suckage and oh, oh it's so it aged terribly and it's so uncreative. Oh. I sit here and I think I can't disagree. The, I come look, on, I looked at this email and I was like bullshit. And I I scrolled oh, through bullshit. I scrolled through all those covers and uh, other than Raven's perm, you're right, <laughs> they're not good. There's not a single. Artie, wait, you're agreeing and, with them? Yeah, they're not. The, the box art's just oh, not good. I was all hyped up to like I know, back you up here. I know, to, I know. Def- I've let you down. I let Robert down. But I will say this: uh, as a as a loose collector, I collect just the cartridges. But what I've done for my N64 stuff because they don't have end labels, and I hate that. I have been oh, using it's trash. Yeah, yeah, I've been using the universal game cases to put them in, and then I go to the coverproject.net and I print off the custom art, and uh, I have those on a shelf. And I have to say, the just the, the N64 is very colorful in a lot of ways. Every, everything about it's colorful. Every game is colorful. The N64 itself can be colorful, and and just see, I think it's a good look on the shelf. So I want to say the spines. You say yellow tinted art. I don't think they're all quite like that. I think that there's a lot of color in there. So I, I like the look. Of, of the spines of the, at least the universal cases that I have. I think that, that that looks great. But in terms of the cover art, you're right. It's all just blobby ass 3D people trying to make a human emotion and they're not doing it and it's not great. <laughs> Forsaken, the Forsaken cover and Shadow Man and, uh, and Raven. <laughs> that's, that's the best ones. <laughs> I love it. Forsaken, <laughs> Forsaken, not Kate Winslet woman, yep. uh, Shadow Man, and Raven's Perm. Raven's Perm. S- sounds like the title of my autobiography. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> just... Anyway, yeah, no, I, I, I have no opinion about uh, N64 box art, to be honest with you, because I haven't seen enough of it, because N64 sucks. Oh, no, I'm just Here kidding. we go. Here I we mean, go. I mean, kind of. It kind of does. But um, anyway, Robert goes on to say uh, with his fourth point, number four, Counting Crows. Oh, God, Robert, let it rest. He's not going to. 
But then he says, uh, in a follow-up email, actually, let's delete number four on that previous email. I'm, I'm afraid I'm gaining the unwanted reputation of being a Counting Crows fanatic. Here's a replacement, Busta Rhymes. Now we're talking. Now we're talking, Robert. Thanks that so much. That is my shit. Uh, like, when I, the, uh, listen, I'm the whitest guy ever, but when it comes to uh, MTV era hip hop mm-hmm. and rap and stuff like that, Busta Rhymes is top of the list. Yeah, dude. For me. I'm right there with you, man. I love I love some Busta. And The Coming came out in 1996, which was great. It had yes, Wuha on that it. That was right in my wheelhouse. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Fantastic. And that is a perfect segue because I'm going to plug the Classic Gaming Podcast right here for Robert. I was on there. I, I recorded it. Oh, hey. Yeah, a couple nights ago. It came out today. Today is Thursday, July 15th. This will come out on probably Saturday the 17th. So anyway, point is go back and check out that episode because... Uh, on that episode, we list off our top 10 games from 1996, which is relevant because I spent a whole month in 1996 earlier this year, and I listened to a lot of this Busta Rhymes album. So everything comes full circle. So check out that episode. Check out that Busta Rhymes album. And uh, thank you, Robert, for that email. And uh, I'm sorry that you're a Counting Crows fan. You can't hide it from us. Well, you can try, but he'll fail. Every anyway, time. coming up. Coming up. We've got an interview with Stutter and Craig, which is super entertaining, super fun. If you don't know who Stutter and Craig is, he's the screw attack guy from going back to the mid-2000s, 2006, 2007. Started the screw attack channel with Stuttering Tom, or Stuttering Tom, Handsome Tom. It was one of the first, like, professional Mm -hmm. style uh, video game uh, content creator stuff it paired really well with G4. And this was on the internet, which seemed unheard of. If you watch it now, the game footage is pretty bad. <laughs> it's very bleary. very, And uh, the voiceovers uh, come across as uh, uh, a little stilted and all that sort of stuff. But it's it was otherworldly. You know, it was like perfect. It just hit the right spot at that time. What do you think, Trav? Yeah, absolutely, man. When I discovered Screw Attack was around the time I discovered game trailers, and so they opened the door for me to a lot of other content creators, too. So they were a staple uh, in a lot of ways, and I associate Screw Attack with Angry Video Game Nerd, with Michael Pachter, with um, a lot of those guys. So, yeah, they are a huge influence, and they go back so far. And Craig, what we get into in this interview is Craig's still around, and he's awesome. A lot of advice coming your way if you're a content creator trying to get into it. He's very—he's a seasoned vet at this game, so he's great to listen to. Hi, everybody. This is Steve from the Polykill Podcast. Are you ever sitting up late at night wondering how your life got to this point? How you ever managed to amass so many great games but finish so few of them? Us too. So join me and Trav as we talk about what we're playing, what we're beating, and what our community managed to beat as well. Check us out wherever you find podcasts or at polymedianetwork.com. And don't forget to hashtag just beat it. So Craig, stuttering Craig, the busiest guy on the internet right now, starting a business and releasing a video, I think every day at this point. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us tonight. How are you doing? If words could describe how I'm doing right now, they would say very excited. I'm very excited to be here. That's, that's uh, I'm glad to be here, guys. It's been fun. Uh, you really are overselling me, but I appreciate it. Thank you very much for for the uh, warm intro of hardest working guy on the internet. 
Well, geez, you've been involved in so much stuff and in so many projects uh, that we could seriously spend hours going over everything. So we'll just try and keep it simple and we'll talk about nothing but slam ball. Sounds great. Perfect. So (laughs) how did that come about? It's one of the most amazing out of nowhere things when i was like reading about you like wait a second he was on that spike tv show from like 2003 like how did that (laughs) how does something like that happen well slam ball is the greatest thing ever (laughs) Um, it really is it should have worked it should have worked for longer you know if slam ball came out like 10 years later i think it would have been it would have been huge because social Mm -hmm. media and stuff it was built Mm -hmm. for social media right it's crazy yeah yeah um but, you know, Slam Ball was, was fun. That was like my first really foray into the internet and what the power of the internet. Uh, because I saw it on, ironically enough, it was really weird. Um, we were watching wrestling one night. And then I saw this promo for this Slam Ball thing on Spike TV. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So I remember being at Tom's house. And we saw Slam Ball on TV. And within like five seconds of seeing it, it was like, I'm playing that. Like, I am playing that. I saw that. So the first season was in 2002. So pretty much immediately after that, I was like, I need to find out more information about this. How am I going to do this? I want to play this so bad. And at the time, I'm like 21, you know, something like that. I'm 21, 22. I don't know. Uh, so I'm still young and athletic. And, and um, you know, I, I, I was a pretty okay basketball player. Nothing like spectacular. Um but I knew I wanted to play it. So I hopped on message, uh, the message board. It was actually, uh, I remember it's, uh, the irony is that it just all flew back to me right now. Uh, it was <laughs> allsports.com slash slam ball. That was, that was the official, wow. yes, that was the official message board of slam ball. It was allsports.com slash slam ball. By the way, real quick, just to explain what slam ball is, it's oh, basically yeah. basketball on a court made of trampolines. Yeah, yeah, kind of, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was full contact version of basketball. Yeah, full contact. Too, and yeah. and there is like football combined with basketball, trampolines and stuff. It was amazing. And yeah. uh, so there's highlights of it on YouTube and stuff. So I, I go on this message board and I'm like, yo, I am in. What do I need to do to be And I'm active on this message board. I'm, a, I'm an active community member in the Slam Ball fan club message board, right? And <laughs> I am active in it. Like, I remember there was one guy named Mach 14 and this is weird how it's all flowing back. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so there's this guy named Mock, and he was like one of he was like a mod, and he was a big champion of me. Of like, okay, Craig's Craig, Craig wants to go try it for Slam Ball, right? So I was active in the message boards, and the owner of Slam Ball, the guy who ran it, his name was Mason Gordon. He was also active in the message board because he was trying to be active, and he was kind of ahead of the game with as far as activity online and stuff. So mm-hmm. he knew of me, um, and I, I knew that I wasn't super great on. You know, uh, like you're jumping off these giant Olympic style trampolines. So I went and I went around. I live in Dallas, and I remember drove around to like five or six different trampoline, uh, like gymnastics places. It wasn't like trampoline parks where there were like there are today. So I remember going into these uh, gymnastics places, and I just asked. I was like, "Hey, so there's this thing on TV called Slam Ball, and I want to be on Slam Ball, and uh, but I need to, I need to train on a trampoline. Can I can I come be, come in and jump on your trampoline?" And I did. I in this this one tri- this one place was like, "Sure," and I was like, "Really?" <laughs> so so I went in and I I oh, went there and like. Great like three times a week and I jumped on their trampoline and got really, really good at jumping on these Olympic style trampolines. So fast forward like six, eight months and Mason on the message board goes like, Hey, listen, we're going to let one person from the community come out and try out for slam ball. Right. 
And everyone's like, who's it going to be, you know? And uh, so naturally, they, they ended up picking me because I was like the most vocal and out, you know, outspoken person about it. And uh, so I went out and like I went to these tryouts in Los Angeles and I was this I was supposed to be this like, you know, feel good story. This guy from the Internet coming out and he's going to try <laughs> out for slam ball. And and uh, they're shooting. I remember this really vividly. They were shooting a documentary about slam ball. It was supposed to going to premiere right before the second season. And they followed me around really heavily because they're like, oh, it's this guy from the Internet. What a great story, whatever. And, uh, you know, they'd ask me these questions. How do you feel about this? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, that was really fun. And, mm-hmm. and then they actually found out that I, I'm actually pretty decent and I worked really hard at training. Um, so they, they did this draft after like two weeks of tryouts. Like it, and it was all scripted. You know, they knew exactly where everyone was going to go. So they knew the first through the 64th picks. There's eight teams, eight players. And I was, they announced the first pick and I was legitimately mad that I was not selected. I was like, I was so mad. I was like, I'm better than every single person here. I was so mad. Fast forward, guys, fast forward to the final pick of the entire draft. Oh, no. 64th. And, and these coaches are like looking back. They know it's coming. I got the, the cameras on me, so I know what's coming too. And guys, I am, see, like, I am <laughs> seething at this point. I am so mad. It was like if Peyton Manning had dropped to the eighth round of the NFL draft. Oh. <laughs> Not to say I was Peyton Manning or anything, yeah. right? But I was so mad. So, so immediately they run up and they're expecting me to be like, I'm so happy. They're like, with the cameras, hey, how do you feel about being in Slam Ball? And they're expecting me to be like, I'm so happy to be here. And I was like, let's get on the fucking court. I'm ready to murder somebody. <laughs> I, was, I was so mad. And guess what? I got cut from the entire documentary because of that reaction. Oh my God. <laughs> like I went from being this like ho hum, look at the white guy jumping on the trampolines, yeah, yeah. you know, to to like this this guy who was just upset that he that he got passed up by sixty three other people. I think it, they would have salvaged it if they showed you going to the tattoo parlor and getting like the number sixty four tattooed on your bicep just to as a right. constant reminder of you know like all these eight teams passed me over, you know eight. Right. Times except for the bandits, you know, or whatever. Yeah, the they were bandits. Called. That's right. The, ba- the, the bandits was great. We had, a, we had I, I had so much fun. I really did. And anyways, that's how I got involved it in slam ball. That's the thing is, it, it, it looks like you did have fun, oh, and yes. uh, great. I'm surprised more people didn't like blow out knee ligaments on those trampolines because they they look as safe as trampolines possibly could. But at the same time, it's like you land on a weird angle and uh, you're screwed. It, it looks it, it looks a lot. It looks fun. But it also looks extremely difficult. Yeah, you know, I think what you said is accurate. Uh, I think it's a lot like any other sport where you kind of learn how not to get hurt. You know, you know oh, when sure, you're yeah. like like in football, you you know you get tackled and they teach you how to. Well, I never played football, but in, I guess in football you get tackled, and then they teach you how to come out of a tackle. Like this guy gets up, then this guy gets up. Otherwise, if the guy on the bottom gets up first, he's going to hurt himself. Um, right, right. In slam ball, you just kind of like learn how to hit the trampolines, and that's that's a big part of it. You know, just learning how to be comfortable in the air and being, you know, 15 feet in the air. Now, could I do that today? Absolutely not. Um, (laughs) but it was, it was really, really fun. And, uh, it was, there's some really great stories and memories made from slam ball. And I, cool. you know, that's, that's kind of my thing is, you know, you get one shot to do this thing, this whole life thing. So if you're going to do it, you might as well enjoy and and really embrace the craziness and just try things, you know? 
it's cool that you had that figured out at the tender age of 21 because uh a lot of it for the a lot of us it takes a really long time to figure that <laughs> out because you're you're too busy in the moment and take oh i didn't think uh, i hadn't figured it out then no 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 but no you, no okay you're, no, you're it, it took me a while it, okay yeah yeah and yeah 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 like it took me I mean, this is, it probably is, you know, probably in the last couple of years I figured that out, but I just, I just so happened to figure, like, I just kind of lucked into some cool experiences when I was younger, you know, and slam ball just happened to be one of them. It was, it was pretty, cool. pretty fun. So, so let's fast forward a couple of years and that's when uh, screw attack became a thing. Yeah. Um, of course this is, I think you have actually have the date it launched memorized, which you're a big guy on dates. I've noticed yeah. uh, through your yeah, content. Yeah. February 15th. Yep. Yes, in 2006. So when mm-hmm. you started this, what did you have like a specific vision in mind? And do you feel like what you had in mind at the time eventually came to fruition? Or did you find out that it needed to change based on the landscape? Or how did that work for you creatively? So the term landscape never popped in my head ever. You know, they okay. of like, what's the landscape look like now? Yeah, uh, yeah. It, there was the, no landscape. It's, right, exactly. It's 2006. Right, right. So I, I think for me, you know, we were really bold and brash early on. I, the, actually, the first line in our first podcast was, congratulations, you have found us. Let the internet, I think, let the, let the video game world rejoice, right? That was, the, that was the first line that was said in anything screw attack. And <clears throat> we didn't really know what we were doing, but we knew that we liked doing it, right? <clears throat> and sure. um, and I, I think, you know, early on, Sorry, guys. Excuse me. Um, no worries. And, uh, you know, when we started with the with the first podcast uh, and with ScrewAttack.com, for us, the idea was simply, how can we make a living doing this? How can we Ooh. do this for a living? There was no, you know, we're looking to, you know, change anything or anything. It was just, how can we do this for a living? And we sat down and, and uh, you know, it was the first... I mean, first year of Screw Attack was just me emailing people, like begging to work with people. Um, we, you know, I looked at IGN and, and game trailers and One Up and pretty much every major new or every major like gaming website as like kind of stale and boring, right? Because mm-hmm, they yeah. were very corporate, and I knew we wanted to be not that. So yeah. that was very important to to me in general uh, as we got started. So. You know, we and I had a background, like a like a I say background. It's a slight background in radio. You know, I'd done some interning and I'd been around the radio radio world. So for us, the, the podcast was like a natural natural extension for that. And you know, I remember when I sat down to Tom with Tom to start, I was like, hey, "Man, I, is anybody doing like a radio show about video games?" And he was like, "I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't think so." And we just did some quick Google searches or whatever, or Yahoo searches, whatever it was back then, and <laughs> couldn't really find anything. You know, so. Uh, there was no real radio shows, so I was like, "Well, let's do a radio show about video games," and that's kind of how the podcast started. Now, hmm. obviously, you know the pod. You know, we found out the podcasts were a thing. We didn't know podcasts were a thing prior to that, and really, the internet didn't either. It was just kind of this thing where you'd find people talking on, you know, talking for fifteen or twenty minutes about whatever, you know, and uh, so that's kind of how the whole thing started. Now, obviously, it evolved a lot, and it, it evolved really quick. Uh, the, the big thing for us after doing the podcast for several months was a, uh, trip that Tom and I took down to Mexico with our girlfriends at the time. And, uh, I remember we went out with a camcorder and a, uh, we were down in, uh, Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. And we went out with a camcorder. We bought some Speedos and Luchador masks and <laughs> down where the, like there's this main stretch 
where there's there's all these street performers, right? And they're all like juggling and eating fire and all these things. And we just we just walked up and down the the uh, the main stretch there with our luchador masks on and our speedos with with sneakers, right? That we, that, that's all we wore. And you know we're stupid, right? So we're just I like. I gotta know walking. what kind of sneakers are. Are we talking like British Knights or like? Uh, are, are we talking like Jordans or like? What, no, what kind of certain. Listen, we certainly could not afford Jordans at this time. No, <laughs> no, no. Def, they're probably held over BKs from from nineteen eighty five. From yeah, right, <laughs> right on. Um. So so we just walk up and down this this walkway, and like everybody's eating this up. Like, who are these two gringos walking around with the with the with the luchador mask and these bars? Are like pulling us in because we're an attraction all of a sudden, right? And our girlfriends are videotaping this. And I remember getting, we probably walked up and down for an hour or so. And we're taking, I remember taking pictures with little kids and stuff. It was so stupid. And uh, <laughs> we got done and we we're like, that was really fun. Like, I would love to do that every day. And that's pretty much how the origin of like Screw Attack's tagline of something original every day happened. Wow. And um, that, the thing is, that video never, never aired. It never saw the light of day, and it was just something that we had, and um, it was really, really pretty crazy. So that was the inspiration for something original every day with Screw Attack, and right. that that became our our calling card because back then people didn't update every single day on the internet. Um, you know, there was you know when I speak of like IGN and Game Trails, they would not update every day. This is not this is not like 2021 where you have a constant feed of information. You know, they were waiting for game trailers to be sent to them so they could be uploaded on their outlet and stuff. So, you know, we're like, okay, cool, we'll, we'll do it. And uh, we, you know, from there it was like, well, how do we do it now? How do we make something every single day? So, you know, kind of put together our first. I, I kind of sat down. I was like, well, we'll do side scrollers on Wednesday, and we'll have a video game right. vault on this day, and really kind of started nailing it down. And that's how we got our features involved because they could take a day. You know, that's how we got the angry video or the angry Nintendo nerd attached to screw attack and awesome video games and game Jew. And, um, can you get canceled for saying game Jew now? I don't even know. Okay. I don't know. I don't know these things, Uh, (laughs) but it it was, I just hope that someone at Marvel or DC is listening to this because they can, uh, buy that origin story for, from you (laughs) and, uh, adapt it into some kind of crazy ass, uh, Deadpool esque movie, because that is one of the greatest, uh, all time origin stories I've ever heard to inspire anything ever. That's, that's tremendous. Well, that's, that's, that's amazing, and thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> I, I love it's, that. It's, it's very inspiring. I mean, Speedos, British Knights, and uh, luch, Luchador masks. Uh, do, do you remember uh, where they just kind of generic Luchador? Are we talking Rey Mysterio? Psychosis? Like, I know you're a wrestling guy. Uh, I'm a wrestling right, guy, right. too. So. Yeah, if I was to... Mine was red, and it, it had a Rey Mysterio vibe to it. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it was red, white, and black, and it had a sweet, like... Kind Ooh. of that that nice uh, Ray Mysterio. You know he has that like white uh, thing that goes around his eyes, like down his nose, and because mine right. had like the the it was an open cut, like the goatee. You know, if you were to oh yeah it, yeah, you, you could see like the bottom of it. I think I think that's how it was. If I'm remembering correctly, I remember there was this picture of me that was taken by one of our girlfriends that I have a. <laughs> this is sounds so crazy. I'm standing there with my luchador mask on, wearing a speedo. <laughs> giving a thumbs up to the camera with one hand and the other other hand is holding a little latino boy <laughs> <laughs> what the hell it was like right, it was it was the craziest thing ever so that's amazing anyways okay. so that started screw attack 
Interesting. <laughs> well, obviously. Yeah. yeah well, I have right, to ask. Right, right. Then you mentioned that video never was posted anywhere, but does it still exist? I I don't know. I legitimately don't know. Uh, I have a bunch of DV cameras that we had uh, DV ca- uh, um, tapes from back then that I I need to look through. Like I have a full box of them. And the problem is I don't. Well, you know what? I do have something I could use to 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 uh, look at those can- at those films, but I haven't I haven't gone through them. Um, right. So it may exist. I don't know if I have it. I don't know if Tom has it. Um, I, I legitimately don't know. If if it does, I would love to release it. I think that'd be so fun. Yeah, it would be a good thing to feature on your new YouTube channel where you, you <laughs> right. you've been revisiting a lot of the old Screw Attack stuff, and and I mean that goes right back to the origins. That'd be amazing to comment over that and never before seen. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it'd jog a lot of memories for sure. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and and speaking of all this, I mean, you've had quite a bit of history in this domain, starting with Screw Attack and then all the way up. Um, You've met a ton of folks. You've worked with a lot of folks. You've accomplished a ton of stuff. Is there any one thing, looking back, that you're most proud of, whether it be you know a single video or interview or maybe a series of things? But is there anything that you look back on and you're like, man, I really, I really enjoyed being a part of that, or I'm really proud of the work I did there? I get asked this, and and my this is more of a personal thing, um, and it's it has from a professional standpoint. I think the SGC events that we did were the most fun. Like they were the most fun. I remember finishing those SGC events and like literally crying, right? We had, we had the screw attack gaming convention Mm -hmm. and we put so much effort into those things and people had such a great time. I still have people come up to me and tell me on, you know, whether it's in person or online or are they, are they missing the comments? You got to bring back SGC. That was the best convention I've ever been to. And those were awesome. Just from a professional standpoint, I love, love those. Um, from a personal standpoint, the thing I'm probably most proud of is when Screw Attack was getting sold to full screen. Um, they offered stock as part of as part of the uh, you know the acquisition, and um, it it was you know I was the owner of the company, so they offered me stock, but they didn't offer any of the any of the guys any stock, um, and that re- mm. I was like I was like this is not good. So yeah, I I told them like I'm not going to sell unless you unless you give my guys stock in this company. And, um, and that was really important to me. And the fact that, that I kind of held my ground for the guys who had my back for so long, and ultimately that stock was worth something to them, was, it, it's a really pr- I'm really proud of that. I'm proud mm-hmm. that I was able to take care of the guys who had worked so hard for me for so long. Uh, that was really, really important to me. And like their loyalty and, and trust in what I was doing, even though... You know, like you said, it started with, you know, a couple Speedo masks or Speedos and some Luchador masks, you know, like it eventually evolved into something that was way bigger and, you know, um, but you know, I had all these guys who had worked really hard and, you know, no one was making any money at Screw Attack. We were all, you know, we were all making nothing, you know, because all the money went back into, you know, everything else that, that, um, you know, all the money that we made was, was put back into the, into the brand and into hiring people into and do uh, you know, that stuff. So, so the fact that they were rewarded was probably the thing I'm most personally proud of. Uh, making sure that you know mm. Ben and Ben and Nick and Brian and all those guys who had been with me for so long, like that was really important to me. So, and I know that's not really like the answer that people want to hear, but that's the that's the God honest truth. I just wanted to make sure that those guys were taken care of and and, uh, yeah. and felt good about things. So, um, but like I, I said, it, from I think a, it's a great a, answer, actually. I mean, it, it, oh. it says a lot about what, what working with you is like, and uh, I think it sheds a, a huge light on why you've been so successful. So I think it's I think it's a fantastic answer. Well, thanks. 
I also yeah. like I also like the clip of the week. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings me to the next question: Is that um, for me personally, uh, when it comes to doing my channels, Nest Drunk, it's uh, it's it's evolved in ways that I have not expected. Uh, when I started, I just I was just like, I hope this is useful for people. I hope people are able to watch this crap and be able to. <laughs> You know, get get some usage out of, you know, like, here's what this game is. Here's what this game is. Now, you know, eight years later, almost, I'm like, I don't know what else to say about a game like X-Zone <laughs> which for Super Scope, which is the most generic ass game for <laughs> Super Scope you could ask for. It's a slowly scroll to the right and shoot stuff, you know, cabal style. And so it's like, okay, I can get like a 90 seconds you know, can t- we'll cover this game, but I'm going to throw in some right. mystery science theater style uh, references just to try and make it entertaining and do all this other stuff. So I, I do have to ask you, since you did the screw attack stuff like clip of the week and side scrollers and top tens and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff, did it eventually become hard to continue to do the same segments year after year after year for you? Did you g- eventually get any sort of burnout or create creative burnout or maybe uh, even like a work burnout, like uh, you just you just needed to do something different, right? That's that's really a, a great question. I think a lot of the things that we did came from me. Um, you know, when I think of uh, you know doing SGC or uh, developing right, a video sure. game, right? That all the different arms of the business, they, those were uh, me coming back from. You know, I take a take a week vacation or something, and I'd, I and like the guys would hate. When I would take a vacation because I'd always come back and be like, guess what we're doing, you know, (laughs) Uh, and it was it was the worst. So for me, I never really had a creative burnout uh, with Screw Attack. Mm -hmm. I would say the only time I had any the only time I'll I'll say this after we were acquired and this is not a shot at Rooster Teeth, but the three years I spent at Rooster Teeth were the worst three years I've ever had professionally. Um, And. That was that was more a result of being in a corporate culture uh, that I wasn't used to, and that that wore me down. That absolutely wore me down. Um, I'd gone well, you, from you weren't used to it at all. Oh like, no, you were not used at to all. doing your own thing. Yeah, right. that had to have been a culture shock for you. It was it was a massive culture shock, and like I said, it's it's not a you know, it was just different. I went from having no bosses to having to get seven signatures to make a video, Ugh. right? And if you want to talk about like like destroying the creative process, that's a great oh, way to do it, you know? Absolutely, yes. So, um, you know, anytime you wanted to make a new series, you have to get, I mean, literally, like people who have no idea about your brand, about your about your audience, uh, anything, you know, you have to get sign-offs, sign, sign off on these things. Like, what do these, what do these people have to do with anything that we're doing, you know? So, uh, that was really frustrating. Uh, but I always, I've always had ideas. Um, you know, I'm always coming up with crazy things. So creatively, I never really, never really had a hard time that. But just from a just dealing with that corporate culture was always was very very hard. And I think that's the the right term you use. Just the culture shock. Um, mm. And I think that you know, I, I don't think that was necessarily. Look, there are millions of people who deal with that corporate culture every day. Um, so it was more of a me issue than a than a them issue. I think because um, I I just you know I was kind of like a wild beast going in and. You know, I, 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 w- I could not be tamed. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, guy in a speedo in Mexico, all of a right. sudden being buttoned down in the corporate culture of rooster teeth. I mean, come on. I tried. 
Yeah, yeah I tried. No, that's I, that's 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 kind of you know. To be honest with you, that's uh, this is gonna sound like I'm a huge kiss ass, but it is a an, an, an admirable thing to try to 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 fit in with that sort of thing. It kind of reminds me of like you know David Bowie going from like the crazy ass stuff he would do with like Aladdin Sane and Ziggy Stardust and all the 70s stuff. Then all of a sudden he's doing uh, the, the stuff he did in the late 80s, which I don't even remember the name of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh yeah, he's under a record contract. This guy wants to get paid. Like, that's it. Right. So I think I think anybody with any creative, you know, anybody that wants to put anything out there in a creative way uh, and do that for a living has that struggle. Of like, well, how do I balance, uh, you know, what I want to do? How do I balance the surge of ideas and creativity with, you know, making a certain audience, making these bosses happy? By the way, I just Googled Rooster Teeth has like six founders. What What is this like? A, <laughs> a Working for Kiss or something? Like, what the hell is it? Right. I had no idea they had like this huge structure, but oh, they, there you go. They did. Well, and, and, and several of them aren't there anymore. Um, I think there's oh, only okay. I think there's only one or two left. They a lot. Most of them cashed out after full screen acquired oh. them. So, um, yeah, for me, you know, it was it was definitely different, uh, but it was it was a learning experience. I think. Anything that I do, I try to take a little bit from past experiences, right? So, you know, as I, there, there's definitely there's definitely a balance of, you know, how how you work and how you're perceived outside of that, right? The idea of, you know, I'm kind of going through that with with Collaborator right now. So, Collaborator Club is this new project I'm working on, and and um, I don't want now right now. There's it's like I'm the only employee, right? So as as collaborator is built out and I add members to our team and uh, we grow that, I want to be really conscious of not having that, like that, that restrictive nature that I felt, you know? So I want to, I want to take from my experiences and know what to do and what not to do. You know, I, sure. I learned from Rooster Teeth. I learned a lot from Rooster Teeth. I also learned what I don't want from Rooster Teeth, you know? So uh, it was, it was, I'm not gonna say like professionally, it was the worst experience, but I still learned from it. You know, and I think that's the sure. most important thing with anything, with any experience that you have. Well, I mean, as Bob, as my, one of my heroes, Bob Ross says, uh, if uh, you you if 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 you don't learn something, then it's it's a failure. But if you, no matter what happens, if but if you learn something, it's never a failure. You always take that experience and add it to your toolbox, so to speak. But I do have to ask you like almost a year to the day you mm-hmm. is when you stepped away from game attack oh yeah mm-hmm. and that's when um you uh said you wanted to do something on your own and you know speaking of which what, what, what you just referred to now you've got the craig skits podcast which has led to the weekdays podcast with your brother brad uh you've got a youtube channel for game reviews you're also on also on twitch as well so when it comes to making such a big decision like that, can you talk about like the thought process that goes behind that? Like how, wh- what leads to that decision? Right, right. So do you want the true story or do you want the public facing story? Well, I mean, like, I guess if <laughs> I'll give you the true story, let's go. Okay. 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 So, yeah. so, so this is what this, this is the reality of it. Right. Um, so Collaborator was something... So Collaborator Club is my project I'm working on now. Oh, yes, and, yes, and, exactly. I was going to bring that up, yeah. Right, right. So Collaborator Club is something I'm working on now. That, that actually originated at Game Attack. Uh, that was a project that I had that I was working on, uh, working on at Game Attack. And uh, I saw like a ton of potential in it, right? Now, um, 
Sean and I, um, Sean and I had worked together for three years. I, I told myself I was going to do Game Attack for two years uh, after after I left Screw Attack. I was like, I'm going to go two years really hard on Game Attack and uh, see where I'm at. Right, and sure. I went I went three years at Game Attack. Now. Some things happened in Game Attack that uh, you know the community kind of changed, and uh, and I was not very welcome there. For make you know, it, 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 I didn't feel very welcome there anymore, either by the by uh, by the community and other factors. So I thought, hey, if I'm going to jump, let's do this thing. And um, I said, told Sean I was going to lead the company, and we agreed on it. And uh, I was going to take Collaborator with me, or at least the idea of Collaborator at the time. And uh, he said, okay, so. We we said okay. We shook each other's hands, and and that's when I decided to leave. So um, it was just for me. It was time. I, I I've been creating content for 15 years online, and I, I still mm-hmm. do. But obviously, I'm not, you know, I'm not going out making like uh, new top tens or really, you know, the ho- the content is a hobby right now. It's not something that is my passion. My passion is helping people who want to make their content, their career, their career. That's my passion right now. And that's what Collaborator is built on. So when I left Game Attack, uh, that was that was the whole intention was, you know, I'm going to take this, I'm going to take a little bit of time, I'm going to figure this out, I'm going to build out this platform, and and uh, then we'll see what happens. And so far, things have been really great. Um, this is, you know, this for me is probably the biggest swing I'll take professionally. Uh, it's definitely something that I feel can have a, a bigger effect on creators. Uh, Way more than Screw Attack did. If people use yeah. this tool, I, I feel like, you know, uh, people talk about how you know game theory and the angry, you know, Nintendo nerd, video game nerd, they got their start on Screw Attack, and there's this like, you know, if you play six degrees of separation, like, pretty much every <laughs> every content creator in the space is like one or two degrees away from Screw Attack in one shape or form, right? It's true, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's true. But I feel like that's what we can do. We can build the next angry video game nerd. We can build the next John Tron or, or pick any creator you want, they can build themselves on collaborator club. And that's, that's what I want. I don't want to, I don't want to have, you know, 10 great creators. I want to have 10,000 great creators come out of using this platform. And that's the whole idea. So, uh, I feel like this can have a ridiculously great impact on people's careers. And that's the goal, you know, with, with collaborator. So I, I feel really strongly about that. And, uh, that was the reason why I jumped from game attack. That is awesome. And that is seriously inspiring to hear because that's something that I'm, you know, my mom was an artist and, you know, she never got a fair shake at like, you know, when it came to like art shows and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. you know, back in the uh, late 60s and the 70s and stuff, partly because of unfair reasons, partly because, you know, of the culture at the time or whatever the case may be. But I'm all about giving any sort of artist like any kind of chance that they can get just bring the passion bring everything you got uh bring the efforts you know uh so to hear about a a project that what like collaborator that you're doing is super encouraging and uh i hope people check it out but it, it does lead me to the question about when you get on these projects, when you go from like screw attack, when it comes to even slam ball, <laughs> when it comes to slam ball, uh, when it comes to all these, uh, all these other projects, game attack, it's like, it seems like all these projects are just like all or nothing for you. Like, so based on your, your wealth of experience with that, 
what advice do you give to someone that wants to make that leap? You know, say somebody out there is a creator that, uh, you know, maybe they're an artist. Like, heck, we've, we've had uh, w- one of my favorite folks uh, that we've talked to on this podcast is the Renaissance. Mm-hmm. And he does art streams on Twitch where he paints uh, video game landscapes from NES games like Castlevania, Ninja Gaiden, whatever, Mega Man. And it's amazing. He does amazing work. He does commissions and he's really doing well. But like, what would, if you were to give advice to somebody to make the full leap from someone that's going from like a regular nine to five to be able to do that full time, what, what would you say to them? Yeah. You know, this is, it, this is tough, right? Because I, I feel that everybody, if, the idea of saying have a plan, I think is extremely overrated, but I also understand why people need a plan when, when making the jump, right? Um, I feel that if you have the passion and need just a little bit of know-how, and if you use the existing tools that are available to you at that present time, you have a, you have a higher than zero probability of success uh, of, of making it happen, right? Ultimately, content creation comes down to whether or not people like you. You can make the best videos in the world. But if people don't, don't like you as a creator, you as a person, you as, you as, uh, you know, you as a character, whatever it may be, ultimately they're not going to watch your stuff. Um, and that's, that's probably the biggest thing, you know, web people talk about technology and I really need a new computer rig to start streaming. I really need a better camera to, for my YouTube videos. No, you don't. No, you don't. What you need is to get up and do it. That's the biggest thing. Just do it. Yeah. If you go back and you look at the old Screw Attack stuff, it sucked, right? There, like we, <laughs> the the game I mean, footage was not the greatest. Yeah. No, no, it sucked. <laughs> like, but we made do with what we had. Sure. And and now there are so many tools that you can use to to just from a technical standpoint. I mean, our your phone right now. Like anybody who's listening to this right now, your phone is better than anything ever created right now. Like you have the tools to make full-length feature films on your phone. So the idea of saying like, well, I really need... No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> like the best thing I can say is, and I say this all the time, like just go get it. I know that the idea of, you know, you want a safety net. I totally understand that. Yeah. But if you use the tools around you and you, you have the... I'm like, dude, I'm 40, right? I'm 40. I have two kids. I get a mortgage just like everybody else. And I'm starting over. You just got... You just, at a certain point... It comes down to you. Do you believe in yourself or do you not believe in yourself? And I think that if you, have, if you believe in yourself and you grind and you put together a pathway and you say, this is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And if you just really sit down and you think about it and you put together a list of this is what I'm going to do today. This is my goals today. This is what my goals are this week. This is what my goals are this month. These are my goals this year. And you sit down and you really think about it. And then you do them. You know, if you just take two hours, just take two hours, take two hours to sit down and think about it. How are you going to do it? How do you want this to be your, your full-time career? What tools am I going to use to get there? You know, what excuses am I going to have? What are the obstacles I'm going to have? How am I going to overcome those obstacles? And I know that's, that's a really long answer for you, but the reality is, is that if you just go get it, it's right there for the taking. I mean, yeah. it really is. Well, you know, for, the, a sec, for a second, I'm sorry, for a second there, I thought you were going to go Oklahoma State Mike Gundy saying, I'm a man, I'm 40 for listen, a second. I have used that line so many times. Listen, I'm a man, I'm 40. All right? I'm a man, I'm 40. I'm why, why are you making fun of Why are you talking I'm, to these kids like that? I'm a man. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm close. And man, me it. and Trav are, are both ready to run through a wall right now. That was awesome, uh, inspirational stuff yeah. right there. 
I'm quitting my job tomorrow, man. I appreciated that. That was great. <laughs> you, no. Listen, <laughs> let, 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 me, let me say this. Look, you have a channel with 225,000 people who support you, who want to see you succeed. They have done the hardest thing on the internet and click the red subscribe button. Asking anybody, anybody to click anything on the internet, you might as well be pulling their teeth out. It's so <laughs> yeah. hard to get anybody to click anything. Two, listen, this, almost a quarter million people. Don't tell me that. <laughs> a li listen, th that is more than, than small town. Like th these are big towns. <laughs> it's, it's insane. That follow you. That have chosen to subscribe. Yes. And I can, and I can tell you that the reason I started the channel is because I wanted to do something useful. Um, I, I, I was sick of seeing a guy pointing. Here's the thing. And this speaks to how influential screw attack was. I loved your top 10 lists. I love all your retro gaming content, but I wanted to know more. I wanted like more of that stuff for older games. And anytime I like my example is always like something like a licensed game, like mighty Morphin power Rangers fighting edition which is just a one-on-one -on -one fighting game with, like, the mech from Power Rangers against, like, other stuff. I don't know. I don't follow that stuff. But right. I wanted to know about that game because it looked cool. And here I am, like, searching YouTube. This is back in, like, 2013. And I see some guy pointing his webcam at the TV. And I'm like, there's got to be something better than this. And it's just, like, 12 minutes of rambling. It's it's out of focus. And I'm like, I, I feel like I can do better than this. So I tried, and I, I guess I'm doing okay. Yeah, so dude. It's, it's, I, I feel like part of the equation needs to be like, what do you want to see on the internet? That, or what do you want to What kind of content do you want to see that you feel like can add to something? Yeah. It's not just like, it's not just like, what bothers me sometimes is that uh, my analogy, my go-to analogy is always with the band Metallica, where, oh my God, Metallica was this amazing revolutionary metal band throughout the 80s 90s all this sort of stuff then all of a sudden there were like a, a gazillion sound alike bands you know that were doing james hetfield type riffs mm -hmm. and all they were doing was just like well we can play metallica style stuff too and it's like no that's not how this works like it's cool that you want to play along and that you want to like you know be along for the ride and all that but it's it's like coming up with your own thing and just being I, I always use the word landscape, but uh, see see what's out there that you feel like could be useful that you want to see. That's right. That's kind of my thing. No, so you, you find a hole, you yeah, find yeah. you find a hole and you fill it. Right. And right, you've done exactly that. like dude, I want to I want to put this in perspective for you. Right. The accomplishment that you have made with two hundred twenty five thousand subscribers. Right. I just want like you're really not giving yourself enough credit because 225,000 people have hit the red, subscri red, red subscribe button, right? Number two, you're talking about games that are 35 years old, <laughs> right? They're, they're 30, 30, like, the audience for this doesn't exist on YouTube anymore. It was here 10 years ago, and your audience is still growing. Like, yeah. that's outstanding. You have not had, like, I'm, I'm looking at your social blade right now. Sorry, I'm cheating. All right? I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking at your social blade right now. Dude, you, you, you are averaging, like, 40,000, 50,000 views a day. Like, 40,000. That's outstanding. Are you kidding me? You're still it growing. Makes no, it makes no sense. Yeah. Zero sense. You're talking about <laughs> games that are 35. But people care. And that's yeah. so great. And you should feel awesome about that. You should feel amazing about that. 
Thanks. It's it's very sweet of you to say that. Thank you. But it's it the whole thing doesn't make sense to me at all. <laughs> it's very it's been a very strange trip to to be sure cuz I like I said I started I just wanted to be useful and now all of a sudden it's like oh I need to know what Alex says about Yoshi's Safari. And it's mm. like a, well, well, okay, okay, but think think about what you just said. Think about what you just said. Yeah. You, you didn't say I started this because I wanted to have a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube. Oh, I started yeah, this, yeah. you know, no, you, what you said, you there. I wanted to be useful. Yeah. Right. Which is the best thing. Like you, you did it because you wanted to help something. You wanted I to hear be you useful. There. Right. And that's like the, one of the most important things. If you if someone's like, listen, I want to be a millionaire, right. By <laughs> from, from YouTube, you're doing it. You're doing the wrong thing. Right. The people who don't plan on being millionaires often end up being millionaires on YouTube, yeah. right? And uh, you know because they enjoy their content the most. You know they they enjoy and people can hear that. You know, like when I when I load up a, a SNES drunk video, right, and it's like SNES drunk or whatever, right? Like that's fun to me, and it's like, well, it's not over corporate. That's super fun, you know. And like that's that's really enjoyable to me. So I want to hear what you have to say about Yoshi's Island or Yoshi's Safari or Metal Combat or Zoop. Zoop. What are you doing talking about Zoop? <laughs> Zoop's great. You know, it's funny that you say Zoop because I did get a ton of comments like saying like, oh yeah, it's that game. I always wondered what that game was. <laughs> Thanks for suffering through that so right. I didn't have to. <laughs> right, right. That I just, I just love, laugh. I love that you've taken the time to play all the Super Scope, Super Scope games. That's amazing. Yeah, I actually spent a few hours uh, at a fellow's place that had, you know, a big ass CRT and a Super Scope and we just went through he had a flash cartridge, and but so but we went through all that stuff, and um, a lot of it was very much like X Zone, where it's just like sure slowly scrolling to the right, you know. But some of the stuff was int- like Yoshi's Safari was way better than I expected. Uh, Metal Combat Battle Clash, both those games, way better than I expected. But yeah, I I hope to that that's 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 the point though is that I hope it's useful. Um, I'm not just you know. It's, uh, I've told Trav this before, where uh, my nephew, uh, who's 14, um, their class asked what they wanted to, uh, you know, like, what's what's the career that you strive for? And, like, freaking 50% of the class said YouTuber. Right. Well, and it's it, like, dear God. <laughs> right. So, so that's literally, so there's a stat out there. That was yep. there was a poll that was put out. 86% of Gen Z oh. want they want to be they want to be influencers, right? Yeah, and that's literally that's why collaborator exists, right? Like that's there that's you go. the you know that's the market is the is those who want to turn it into a career. Now, you know, collaborating with people is is you know I, I think it's one of the most important tools with with this, right? But at the same time. You have to have the love for your content. If you don't have the love for your content, then nobody's going to care. Nobody right. will care. Sorry. I, I by the way, I have the Super Scope Six complete soundtrack pulled up right now. This is <laughs> man rocking. Sorry, I got it in the background while listening to you boys. <laughs> right on, man. Dude, listen. I we I used this. Let's see. What what game was that? Was it Blastrous? Hold on. Was it Blastrous? A? Oh, that's another one I need to get to. Oh, Blastrous was great, man. Yeah, uh, I Blastrous, didn't have a chance to get yeah. that, that one. You, you missed out. Moon Patrol. That's what it was. Moon Patrol. They, like, there's some music in that game where I was all up on that. And I, I used that. Maybe it was Laser Blazer. I don't know. Um, I love the name. Laser Blazer. Um, but we used that for Screw Attack all the time. It was so good. 
So sorry, sorry. Now you got me going down the rabbit hole. Way to go. <laughs> it's all well, good. Well, we got NES friend over here, my friend Trav. Uh, he's he he needs to ask you about uh, well, yeah. the, the NES stuff that you're cranking out lately on your YouTube channel. Trav, hold on. I'm, I'm listening to Super Scope Six. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, no. It's it's not Laser Blazer. It's Intercept. If you find the Intercept, like, Intercept. Go. Let's. It's it's just a. Little, it's a game where missiles go across the screen. You shoot the super super scope across the screen. You, you like. You got to lead your shots to hit them and stuff. That we use that music. I or at least I did all the time on Screw Attack. Huh. I I thought the Super Scope Six music was the best. I'm sorry. Yes, Nintendo games. I'm sorry. Yes, Trav. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to drag you away from a from an obscure track no, 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 here no, no, on no, no. Super Scope Six. We can keep on. No, it's good. Um, well, it's funny because Alex was talking about you know carve out your your niche and um, find your your spot and f- fill that hole. And so on the internet, I saw that I uh, said Alex isn't doing much on the on the NES front. Let me jump in there and uh, basically copy what he's doing and have a little nice. fun with it. And I made it my own thing after a while, but uh, you know, for a bit, yeah, I emulated what I what I admired. And so I have a, a channel dedicated to um, the NES, much like Alex has done with the Super Nintendo, um, although much smaller and much newer. But we're working on it. But I noticed, nice. you know, your channel, uh, your the the new channel you've got put up there, your solo gig. Uh, lately, you've been going through trying to, you know, A to Z, going through all the NES games five minutes at a whack. It's extremely entertaining. It's very fun. And uh, quite a lofty goal. I'm not sure, you know, <laughs> when did you get that idea? Or I don't know, were you masochistic or something? But have there been any surprises uh, so far? Now you're up through like the bees, midway through the bees, I guess. Has well, there been so, anything crazy? So I'm on the B, yeah, I'm on the bees on YouTube, but I, I record them live on Twitch, and I'm all the way through the M's. Oh right dear. Now. Okay. I am way, I am way ahead on Twitch. Wow. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we, I'm so far ahead. Uh, I'll tell you this. Let's see. I have listen to the, here. You go. Can you guys hear this? That is my yep. notepad. That's my mm. notepad with every single game's grade so far. Um, I write them all physically down because I'm a big dork like that. I got to do it. And you I have do several it. pages here. Let me let me see if I can find. I love some. it. You know. You know what? You know what was a hold on. It was recently. Hold on. There was one that I that I really really liked that was a big surprise to me, which I was like, where where did that come from? Uh, let me see if I can find that. I think it was in let's see FGs because now this is going to bother me. Thanks. Way to go. Way <laughs> to go, welcome. Trav. Appreciate that. Doing what we can. Um, yeah. I'm a big. You know, there was a really good game. I I love. Um, you know, we think of like I'm looking through my list here. Legendary Wings. I love Legendary Wings. You guys ever play that one? That was yeah, so good. Solid. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Golly, there's there was one that I played just and I was like, where where the hell did this game come from? And getting an A for me is really hard. Oh, Kickmaster was really good. Kickmaster you rules. Kickmaster? Yeah, that game's awesome. Heck yeah. yeah. Kickmaster was really good. I Lots have of- not. What, what, what is that game? Well, what do you think it is? It's called Kickmaster. Yeah, yeah use your, well, I, use your you know, <laughs> you, Do you punch guys? Or, or yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's can, a game yeah. built around punching. Oh, this was it was Hammer and Harry. Oh yes, uh, that's that ended up uh, getting a game on both Game Boy and uh, Super Famicom. It never Look made it you. over to the U.S., but yeah, Hammer and Harry. Yeah, Hammer and Harry has probably been the biggest surprise for me. I gave that a B plus, and uh, I was very shocked when when I played that. I was thinking I was expecting some trash bag of a game, but hmm. uh, no, incorrect. It was actually super fun, and I uh, really enjoyed it. That was uh, there. There have been a few surprises that I've. Uh, as I played through, so that's great. Um, I played a million baseball games so far, yeah. <laughs> and the best ones probably little, little league baseball for those of you who really care. 
um, mm. which is nobody. But you know, just let me know. Gave that an A minus. I so. I care so much. I'll be quite honest with you, and that's not that's not facetiousness. I really do care. And oh, great. I did notice that you enjoyed uh, Air Fortress when you played that, and I think that one is one that sneaks up on people. So I'm, I was oh. happy to see you you like that one too. Dude, love me some Air, Air Fortress. I'm telling you, you, you saw my natural reaction when I yeah. played that one. That one. That one for me was like, oh my, oh wow! This it just the nostalgia came back so fast yeah. with Air Fortress, and I think that was my first A that I gave actually. Um, Ooh, I think it was. Let's see. Let me look. Looking through my it list was, here, it was early, yes, Air Fortress. Early on, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Air Fortress was, was my first A. It was an A minus, and uh, then Arkanoid got an A. So you know, party on. Well done. Yeah. Very cool. Well, well done. To, well done to the developers of Air Fortress in 1985. <laughs> so, so after you what? get through these uh, NES games, you got. Uh, I guess you have about 350 more to go at this point. If you're in the M's, I don't really know, but mm-hmm. it's so it's it's up there. Uh, are you going to move on to a different system, or has this just been a one and done kind of experiment with the NES? Yeah, you know, uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying the NES. Um, I I think if I was going to do another system, it would probably be Super Nintendo. After that, I like the idea of posting all the reviews and just having having them all in order on a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. right? I, I really like that idea. Now, that's how the channel started when I when I brought back Stutter and Craig, uh, the Stutter and Craig YouTube channel. It was just built to be like every day was a new five-minute review. Then I started doing these stories, you know, about Screw Attack and stuff, and people have seemed to really enjoy those. So I'm kind of mm. splitting time between these stories and reactions to old Screw Attack stuff right now. Um but it would be really great to to get through this and then kind of evaluate. I, but I think my heart goes to the Super Nintendo after this for sure. Uh, if I was to continue, I I don't know if it would land on YouTube. But if I was to do it, it would definitely be on Twitch. Right. So okay. Um, yeah. You know. I, I and I only str- like I stream a couple hours every morning, like you know, like nine to eleven in the morning. It's just kind of like a wake up with the Nintendo type thing, and um, it's nothing real serious. It's just you know, we just kind of have fun and chit chat and play these games and do reviews and uh it's like for me it's a really great way to kind of start the day <laughs> yeah. and um so i enjoy them i i definitely enjoy it i think the super nintendo would be the next destination though right on man yeah and uh i would love to see your thoughts on stuff like uh you know super caesar's palace no or uh, a vegas steaks <laughs> oh yeah hold on hold on hold on have you skipped ahead have you skipped ahead because because Wait here's the thing here's the thing Caesar's Palace. Caesar's Palace. Listen, we're on the bees right now, aren't we? Or in, on the uh, on, on YouTube. On YouTube. Yeah. on YouTube. Caesar. I'm not. When I say, here's the thing. Listen, you got to be pulling my leg. You know. You know what I gave Caesar's Palace, didn't you? I gave Caesar's Palace an F minus. I hate that. Game. <laughs> I gave Caesar's Palace an F minus. I gave Casino Kid one and two F pluses. Oh wow. An F plus. Well, first, first off, you're a child. Why are you gambling? That's a right? good point. Right. There's, there's great m- stuff, multiple moral issues with this. Um, <laughs> but for me, the, the big thing with Caesar's palace, you know, when I go gamble, when I go gamble, if I go gamble, I want to win. And then, but here's the thing. Like I want to, I want to have, I want to feel the fear in my bones, you know, that I'm going to lose my money. Right. And you don't feel that on a Nintendo game. <laughs> you don't, you don't feel like there's going to be some, some blackjack dealer is going to give you the, the, the stink eye. And then he's going to call over the pit boss. Right. You know? Yeah. That's what I want. I want. I want the seedy underbelly of gambling, and yeah, I don't get that from Robert De Niro calling over his goons to mm-hmm. kick you out of the club. Yeah, that's a shame. But yeah, <laughs> no. but no, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> what's what's stopping you from just being crazy? You know, and, and so, yeah, totally get it. Are you playing anything recent? Like, do you have a PS Five or or Xbox? Uh, what are they up to? Xbox Two? Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> uh, 
the answer is no. Um, the most recent game I played that was new was Mario 35. And oh, okay. I, I, I listen. I'm I'm just going to be straight up honest with you. I may have been the best Mario 35 player in the world. <laughs> like I I was the best, and I love it so much. And I'm so sad that that game is gone. Mm. Uh, it. What was funny was I was. I would play Mario 35 and I'd stream it and I got like really really good. Then like there was this Mario 35 community that started they started stream sniping my streams and trying to like put me in my place oh, while I was streaming. Wow. It was it was really fun and I hated them. But <laughs> but it was it was, it was is, quite enjoyable. That is cutthroat. That's pretty cool. Dude, they, they took it seriously. It's pretty man. cool but it's pretty dickish too, but uh, yeah, yeah. it is what it is. Well, it, <laughs> there's one day I was like I got so mad. I was like, is this what you guys enjoy? You guys enjoy hijacking my street? I was like, I was so mad. But, you know, you, I was like, you just kind of figure it out. You're like, all right, fine. Whatever. Oh, so that's great. It was fun. <laughs> that's great. Man. All right. I think, uh, geez, do we have any other uh, questions here or anything? I don't think so. But I, I wanted uh, to give Craig the opportunity to promote or, or, or talk about how yeah. people could um, support Collaborator Club. Yeah, sure, sure. That's awesome. So obviously, it's something I'm really passionate about, something that for me, it's the culmination of kind of my career so far online and creating content and stuff. Uh, but for the first time in my career, I'm actually uh, allowing people an opportunity. I want to actually want to work with the audience that's supported me for 15 years. So uh, I'm doing a crowdfunding uh, opportunity where people can actually invest in the company and receive equity in the company. Um, it's at wefunder.com slash collaborator club. There's a full pitch deck there uh, that gives you the full rundown of the business, kind of our plans, uh, what what the goal is, and uh, I'm I'm really really excited about this. So this is something that uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna be doing this uh, we funder through the end of August, and we'll see where we're at. And I'm offering um, some equity in the company. So if anybody wants to go into business with me, you can. Uh, or, or if you are a creator of any kind and you just want to use the service, you can go to collaboratorclub.com and. Log in with your YouTube or your Twitch. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing is just, you know, I talked about using the tools earlier that are in front of you. I, I honestly feel like Collaborator Club is the best tool a content creator can use. Um, you know, I used the analogy earlier of uh, not just the tools, but, you know, if you have, if, if two people are watching you and stream or let's say you have a, you know, 10 subscribers on your channel and, you know, one, one of them's mom, the other one's your dog and the other one's dad, right? Like <laughs> you collaborate with somebody who has 15 subscribers and guess what? You know, uh, five of those subscribers come over to you and all of a sudden you have 15 subscribers too. And guess what? Three of your subscribers went over and they they, they subscribed to them too. So now they have 18 subscribers. So it's a grind, mm -hmm. right? The service isn't going to do it. It's not going to do the work for you, but it is going to put you in position to be successful and at least have the opportunity to grow. So um, I'm really excited about it. Uh, so I got that going on. And obviously I launched the YouTube channel uh, or relaunched the YouTube channel, brought back Stutter and Craig is youtube.com slash Stutter and Craig, which uh, I upload five days a week, Monday through Friday, with uh, all sorts of stories about the old internet. And I do reaction videos to old classic stuff, mostly screw tech stuff right now. I'm going to get into some other stuff later on. And uh, as you mentioned, the, the five-minute reviews of the games, which is fun. And uh, then, of course, I stream Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Central Time over on Twitch. So I got a lot going on, but at the same time, it's manageable, and it's super fun, and I'm passionate about it, which is something that I think everybody should, uh, should be passionate about how they work and what they do. So uh, I would love to, if anybody's listening and you want to come say hi, just say, 
hey, I saw you, or I, I, I heard you. I heard your stinking voice on Drunk Friend. <laughs> yeah. I, di- I didn't recognize you without uh, Handsome Tom saying, right. Hey, whatever happened to Handsome? You guys, you guys, uh, you, you, guys, guys, you, guys, you, guys you guys okay now? You, guys, guys, you okay? <laughs> this, the, the, listen, this one guy, it, listen, I, I want to, I, I, I've told this story several times, right? But I, I haven't told in the last many years. There was a, um, this was, so after I unfortunately had to fire Tom uh, in 2006, Seven, yeah, 2007. Um, it was one of those things where, you know, we went our own separate ways. Ultimately, he was let go because, you know, he just didn't show up. And, like, what do you do, right? So, you know, he quit. He was let go. Either way, it doesn't matter. He wasn't with the company. So, you know, people think I, like, did him wrong. They're like, oh, you did him wrong. And, and I'm going to do an entire video about that and, like, kind of the, the true story about yeah. that. And uh, so I'll do a video about that on the channel for sure. But, um, there's a lot of like subtle, you know, things that I've never been told about that. With that said, I was at a, um, I was at Magfest in 2010, maybe 2009. Trav, were you there? Yeah, I was. Oh, right. I don't miss him. So let's see. This was this was at the uh, this was when it was at the Alexandria Hilton Alexandria. Nope, remember mi- that when it was like missed still that small? one. I think that was 2009. <laughs> okay, so it's 2009. So we were down in the arcade, and uh, I'm there, and guess what? Tom's there too, right? And, uh, and it was one of those things where it's like, you know, everybody knows it, but nobody wants to acknowledge it type of thing. And, Mm. um, and one of our mutual friends comes up and he's like, and he, he starts like laying into me. What right do you have to be here? What right do you have to, you know, you don't understand what, what, what we've been through, what, you know, cause he was part of the game here or whatever. And, uh, he goes, you don't understand. We hear about you all the time. I was like, really? You think that you hear about me all the time and it was almost like a movie because on cue some guy walks up and he goes hey man i really enjoy your stuff hey whatever happened to handsome tom <laughs> and and uh he says this in front of my friend or in front of our mutual friend and as he's like bitching me out and i just kind of look at him and then and then the you know it's like well you know blah 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 right so um so the guy walks off and then my you know, mutual friend goes, I am so sorry. I had no idea. He goes, does that happen all the time? I was like, literally every single day, <laughs> every single day. And it's 2021. And I still hear about it probably once or twice a week. Jeez. And, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, you look back on it and there was no right or wrong way to handle that situation. Um, had it had it had it happened the way the internet had wanted it to happen, which was everyone stays together and everyone's super happy, Screw Attack would not have been there a year later. Um, you know, we, there's no way we would have survived. So, you know, that's that's just it. You know, uh, but I, I know that I'll hear about it, and I'm okay with that. You know, uh, I'm okay with people asking asking those questions. Like, you know, whenever I go on podcast or anything, and people are like, well, can we, is there anything we can't talk about? It's like, no, we will talk about whatever. I don't care. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've never shied away from it. I've always said, you know, since the start, if anybody has anything to say to me, they can literally just come email me or or get a hold of me. I'll gladly answer any questions anybody ever has. So um, those who have asked questions, I've answered. <laughs> and it's very simple. So I've never never had any sort of uh, uh, issues answering any any quote unquote hard question. 
Yeah, it's interesting in retrospect that you don't realize what you're doing in the moment. You know what I mean? Like, you don't realize at the time, like, oh, listen, you're not showing up. Well, then we can't do this anymore. You don't realize, like, the ripple effect at the, in the in that moment, what, what kind of stuff that causes. It's like, oh, now there's people asking about it. And now there's people in 2021 asking about it. Right, it's like, right. How the hell does that happen? But well, uh, it's, yeah. yeah, you're 100% right. And I, I knew that I would get, you know, like I said, it doesn't bother me. I knew I'd get get some of it when, you know, with, with Stutter and Craig coming back and the channel and stuff. So yeah. I figured I'd get some of it. No, it. And honestly, it doesn't bother me at all. Like I said, if anybody has any questions, I'll gladly answer, answer, uh, answer it as honestly as I possibly can, which is with complete honesty. So you know, it is what it is. It's part of the, part of my history. It's it's part of Screwtex history, and uh, it's something I'm not going to shy away from. I'm just saying it's it's bizarre. Like people's priorities are bizarre. It's it's just my own social commentary there, where it's just like, let it go, man. Like Stuttering right. Craig has moved on to lots more stuff. Handsome Tom has moved on to lots more other stuff. Just just roll with it. Like stop. <laughs> yeah Stop, right uh, well pro- projecting on this other you know it's just weird to me but anyway well there's there's some truth to that right like so tom has kids i've never met like i have i have a nine-year-old child that he's never met mm. right so like let's just be really clear <laughs> like like people are like you should get tom back on the podcast i'm like what would we talk about like we legitimately don't even yeah. know each other we've we, we yeah. totally totally different changed people. yeah we're totally different people so like what do you what do you want you know so yeah. um you know I, I like i said i think it's just something that some people hold on to things they cling to things and if that's what they want to cling to okay that's fine just don't be weird about it there you go yeah. Trav, that's me and you in 15 years. Get used to it. Oh, oh just sucker. <laughs> when I fire you from the podcast? Yeah, we'll see. We'll oh, yeah. see. No, but uh, we'll see. Craig, thanks so much. For, well, thanks for being open and honest, and thanks for being a fun chat. It, you, it's gone by quickly, but it's been amazing. So thank you so much. This has been the fastest hour in our uh, podcast history, honestly. Yeah, I could talk like, to I you I can't forever, believe man. Like, this just flew by, Like, but thanks so much for taking the time and yeah. for being so uh chatty and open and all that good stuff man you're the best yeah well this has been the worst hour of my life oh, and uh <laughs> we did it I, i'm <laughs> no i know i appreciate you guys this has been super fun and i'll leave it up to the audience if they want me to come back i'll gladly come back <laughs> let us know in the comments below yeah, the comments <laughs> below make sure to smash that like button subscribe five stars on any podcast let's five go star. right on Sorry. all right whatever <laughs> Uh, will you be in my top eight? Oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Come on. You're dating yourself here, man. Oh, I know. I do that every day. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you guys very much. <laughs> this is super fun. And hey, and if you ever need me, if you ever want me to voice anything, I'll gladly voice something for your channel. Oh, you say the word. Serious? That's a, yeah. What an offer. What? Heck yeah. Sure. Do the, SNES, do the SNES. The only thing I can even think of is the, the ridiculous, stupid SNES drunk. How long, how long do you want it to be? <laughs> That's a dangerous question to ask. I'll have to think about it. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll do it right now. You want me to do it right no, now? No, no, no. I, I, I need to, like, think about this. Because what I do is I do the... You know, I do that uh-huh. three times in harmony. Like... You know, like, in absurd ways. The dumbest ways I can possibly... You know, however I'm feeling that in that moment is how it comes out. Uh, three, sometimes four, sometimes five, sometimes a hundred uh, different wow. ways. I did do a hundred once. Wow. Um, that was the April Fool's thing. But um, the uh, 
yeah, it, it, I, I, I may have to take you up on that just for the stupid Sinestro and Kidro, because well, it would be listen. so ridiculous. I'm going to give you one real quick right now here in three, two, okay. one. Snestron, bitches. How's that? Is that all right? <laughs> I think I'll right? layer that two more times. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a wrap. Three, three, two, one. Snestron, bitches. You do, the, you do the low one, right? And then you do the high one. Is that what you want? Then, then you do the high one, yes. Okay, so hold on. <clears throat> three, two, one. Snestron, bitches. <laughs> Snestronk, bitches. All right, everyone. That's been... Was oh, that a burp? I'm sorry. That nice. was my bad. <laughs> That's been another Drunk Friend podcast, and it wouldn't be a Drunk Friend podcast without a <laughs> Drunk leave that in there. Friend burp. Yeah, we've got to leave it in there. As always, you can reach out to us with questions or comments at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we'll respond and read it, and uh, we're slow about it, but we'll do it. Please head over to polymedianetwork.com if you want to hear more podcasts from us or our crew. we got Tales of the Lesser Medium out there. It's pretty funny. we got another burp right there. We got Petey's Power Hour. She doesn't. She never burps. She's very polite. Um, actually, no. I've heard her burp, and it can be loud. That's not true. Yeah, she can belch. Yeah. Uh, Polykill, if you like, you know, well, me and video games, which, I mean, if you listen to this, you, you, you must have some affinity for one of two of those things. And IndieQuest, which is now back. Uh, those guys, they highlight a lot of those indie games made by, you know, one person, couple dudes, couple couple folk. And uh, you might have missed those games, so they, they point those out to you. If you're not interested in sending an email, it's no big deal. Just give us a rating and review on a podcast app of your choice. That will help us out big time. You can find us all on social media. On Twitter, I'm at Traff Plays Games. Alex is, of course, at Snestrunk. And if you want to hang out, chat, and keep track of Stuttering Craig, you can find him on twitch.tv forward slash Stuttering Craig. You can? you can? Wow. Yeah, you can do that. As always, the music you heard at the beginning and can hear right now was composed by our friend Coolor. The track you can hear at this moment is called Electric Starbounce, and you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. And a shout out, as always, to Josh Leslie for that thirst quenching logo. Mm, so good. Be sure to catch us all on YouTube. And thanks for listening. Man, we hope you have a great rest of your day. Yeah. What the hell happened there? <laughs>